Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We've finally reached the point in the NBA offseason where it's, there is an offseason, right? I, I, we're, we're pretty much done. Doesn't it feel like that? Like we're the, the big ones, Kevin Durant staying, Donovan Mitchell dealt. Do we expect any other? I mean, I, I know you've said that you, you know, Utah has more work to do, maybe San Antonio, et cetera. There's no urgency or on that, right? Like we could very well get to the from, – from now until the season starts – uh, until preseason, until they report to camp, and we're essentially done. Yes, uh, for the Grizzlies, probably um, for the league, and maybe, maybe, maybe for the league. I mean, as long as the Lakers really are, you know, content to bring Westbrook into camp, I don't think anyone. That'd be the only situation in the league where there might be urgency, and may, and there, you know, certainly they have they put out there that there is not. Um, I, I do think there's a decent chance Utah in particular will make more moves like they did with Patrick Beverly. I mean, they're, they're going to they're be cleaning stuff up from now till the trade deadline. And at what points along that, that journey moves happen, I have no idea. But I, I'm certain there will be multiple trades that happen between now and February for Utah. Right. You know, wouldn't surprise me at all if something happened today, but wouldn't surprise me if it didn't either. Grizzlies will report at the end of this month, right? I was looking at this because I don't know if we've we've actually seen when their quote-unquote media day is yet, but um, I was looking at last year's, and it was late September. So we have a couple, two or three more weeks before Grizzlies re- report, you think? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they haven't. I, no one's given me a date, a date, but yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be late September. I mean, you, you'll have players trickling in. Probably, honestly, probably already happening this week. But you'll have players trickling in for you know voluntary, non-official stuff. I'm sure there are probably players over at the practice court right now, um, and over the next couple of weeks, most of them will probably be in there. Um, the Grizzlies will release their their promotional schedule sometime in the next two or three weeks. <laughs> That's the next, you know, in terms thing. of the yes, giveaways right, and yeah. all of that. And so that that that's something that'll happen, but that's sort of where we're at. Uh, yeah, no. In terms of people arriving, I I someone sent me a picture. They took a picture with Desmond Bain, who was flew in 
two days ago, I think, uh, on a plane with Desmond Bain coming back to Memphis, et cetera. So uh, starting to gather here. But it'll be a little quiet uh, for now for the next couple of weeks. The one rumor that was kicking around yesterday, and you had talked about this player early with earlier last week, I think, without a lot of enthusiasm after the Donovan Mitchell trade went down, and that was Jordan Clarkson yesterday uh, some rumors about the Grizzlies being interested in Jordan Clarkson. Your thoughts? Um, I mean, it's something you can talk yourself into. I mean, the Grizzlies' backup scoring guard last season was De'Anthony Mountain. They've traded De'Anthony Mountain. They don't. They do not have an obvious replacement. It seems like you know they'll play Zaire Williams at both wing spots, and John Conchar will slip in as sort of the fourth wing. But they don't really have an obvious backup scoring guard, and they don't have an obvious guy who's a, a bucket getter or score traditional like scorer off the bench, create shots and get and get buckets. So it does feel feel whether it's a need or not is open interpretation. It feels a void. It feels you know it's something the Grizzlies don't have on their roster. I am somewhat skeptical that they want they would want to add another small guard who's bad at defense to the rotation that already includes John Morant, who's a small guard who's bad at defense, and Tyus Jones, who's a small guard. But I think it's something you could talk yourself into if the price is low enough. And from a contract standpoint, you could do Danny Green's expiring for Jordan Clarkson. It doesn't have to be anything else involved. It could just be that. From a value standpoint, like well, I don't know what Utah would want. I would not trade a first-round pick for Jordan Clarkson. Would I trade a couple of seconds if I talked myself into the idea that he would help more than he would hurt? I might do that. I don't know. I could see I could see a scenario where the Grizzlies talk themselves into that. Although I don't think it's at all an, an obvious thing. Uh, in terms of players in Grizzlies history, bucket getters coming off the bench. Mike Miller obviously was sixth man of the year, so he's number one, right? He, he sure. Have there been other notable like who has been notable? So it's it is it is a role that it feels has not been. Uh, filled with any particular distinction over the course of the Grizzlies. Different, interesting players coming off the bench. Have we had a pure bucket getter besides Mike Miller? When Bonzi, you know, when Bonzi Wells was coming off the bench, he was kind of that kind of player. When O.J. Mayo was moved to the bench, (laughs) reluctantly, he was kind of that kind of player. Um, Tyreek Evans was 100% that player for half a season. That was a bad year. Um, But he was, I mean, he was, Yes, he was Tyreek 100% Evans was that was player. the apex version yeah, yes. of that. Um, Marshawn Brooks was that for about three weeks. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, Bonzi started a lot, though. Well, didn't he? Like it was. I, I'm trying to remember. I, I think there was. It was there either was, Shane or Bonzi starting, and they didn't no, like I mean, each other. No, yeah. not, no? no, no. Posey, Posey started at the three. Okay. At that point, and then there was a question of it was sort of a Bonzi Wells Mike Miller question at the two for the most part, okay. um, and that's sort of how that worked. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, well, during this next uh, uh, stretch, we won't keep you as long until a basketball fires up again. But we do have the uh, Hall of Fame induction coming up. Have you? Have we have pointed out multiple times? The Basketball Hall of Fame is ridiculous because it's everything blended into one. And honestly, this class is a perfect example of how ridiculous it is. Do you know who is going into the Hall of Fame uh, on September 11th? I No, I have no idea. All right, I'm going to give you the names, and you uh, you tell me your thoughts on these, what, what you recall of these of these players. Uh, Manu Ginobili. I mean, Manu, especially when you consider that international is part, it's not just an NBA thing, Manu's an obvious player once you factor in the international stuff. 
he's kind of an odd player, strictly in terms of NBA, because he spent so much of his his career as a six man and played sort of lesser minutes. But it wasn't because he wasn't one of the best players. I mean, I think he was an All Star level player who didn't really play in All Star games because of the role he played. But he was an instrumental player on a multiple champion, you know, a, 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 a team that was that won multiple championships and was, you know, deep in the playoffs year after year after year. So to me, I manager Ginobili's definitely one. He's me. he's a clear he's a clear winner, and and that's and he's, and he's a player I love. He was one of my favorite players to watch. Um, was he a Grizz killer particularly? Not really. Um, no, oh, I think whole, he was just good. Yeah, he was I mean, just good. Yeah, he was good, but I wouldn't say he was a Grizz yeah. killer particularly. Yeah. No. Uh, and and maybe that he's an example of maybe the that why that Hall of Fame makes sense is because it is a sport where you can play a good chunk of your career internationally and then a good chunk of the career in the NBA and w- where does that person go? There's a stats. No, I mean the inter, the inter, weighing the international stuff makes a lot more sense to me honestly than, than the college than stuff. Weighing the college stuff at some equal 100%. level to NBA stuff, I yes. don't really get the, that. The college but. stuff makes it weird. Tim Hardaway, uh, the original. Uh, is going in. Uh, that surprises me. I don't think of I think of Tim Hardaway as a very good player. I don't think of him as a Hall of Famer. Yeah, to me, he's definitely in that sort of borderline kind of kind of category. Um, he was not. I'd have to go back and look. I think he made All Star games, but he was not like an All NBA perennial All NBA kind of player. Never. I don't think he ever finished high in MVP votes. Um, I have no memory of him in terms of major playoff success, a meaningful postseason player. Uh, and maybe there's stuff I've forgotten. I, I think I think he's remembered in part because of the good commercials with George Gervin um, about the finger roll. <laughs> right. One thing I could do is finger roll. And he was sort of a personality. He was a very productive player, all-star level player, but not. I don't think there was ever a point where he you would have considered Tim Hardaway a top ten player in the league. Certainly, in any multiple season stretch. Who is better, Tim Hardaway or Mitch Richmond? It's it. That's an interesting. That's an interesting comp. I think they're comparable players. A lot of the things I just said about about Tim Hardaway, minus the good commercials, you could say about Mitch Richmond. Um, Richmond probably had. This came up recently because on on social media, where I was in a conversation with people about Desmond Bain comps, and people like to bring up Mitch Richmond because of the physical build. They're both so muscular, and the point. And actually, so I looked up Mitch Richmond stats recently for you know in part of that conversation and. Mitch Richmond averaged like 22 or more points a game for like 10 years straight. And so, like, Desmond Bain's got to get there once before we start making that comp. Um, but Hardaway was a point guard and an on the ball. And right. so he was a scorer and creator. And I just think that's more valuable generally than the kind of player Mitch Richmond was. So I would vote Tim Hardaway there, I think. All right. And then the other two, and this is like, you know, this, this brings the bizarreness of it all uh, to the fore Bob Huggins and George Carl. Uh, are both going into the Halls of Fame. And Bob Huggins still coaching. Um, and so you have a college coach and a pro coach. Uh, thoughts on either of them? I mean, Carl, you associate with those great Seattle teams, with the um, the, the Peyton Kemp um, Seattle teams. Um, and then he, Denver, after that, he had some good yeah. stretches. I think he, he was the, the year that, like, all those coaches got fired or, yeah. or or not extended, including Lionel Hollins. After good seasons, he was sort of part of that group. I want to say with Denver, um, he was a really good coach for a long time. I don't think he ever won a title, unless I'm misremembering something. Um, and so, as a coach, I think George Carl is kind of a borderline case. He was a personality. They were both personalities, Carl and Huggins, both, and that probably helps them in terms of being remembered. Um, I just don't know how to conceive the college coach stuff. Uh, college coaches tend to be – good college coaches tend to be 
personalities, celebrities in a way that good pro coaches aren't necessarily because the college game is about right. the coaches are the stars. And so there's more of a stardom aspect to like the great college coaches typically than the great pro coaches. Chris, thank you very much. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.